Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Even the best product or service won't do you much good unless they come with eye-catching and thought-provoking graphics. Come visit us at the barbershop for styles tailored specifically to your business. Visit us at www.thebarbershopatl.com. Do you have student debt? We offer neither debt refinancing nor consolidation. What we offer is student debt obliteration. How? Freelancing your way out of debt. Become a freelancer on our site, mohican.biz. Only those owing student debt and residing in the U.S. can register. Any company or individual can post jobs on the site. Furthermore, mohican.biz strives to bring those individuals still carrying student loan debt together with those institutions who educated them, as well as those who provided the financing to make their education possible. Thus, we will promote our registered freelancers with banks, universities, and many other organizations, including the federal government. The idea is for these institutions to outsource work by posting jobs at mohican.biz, to which our registered freelancers would then apply. Please visit mohican.biz for more information. That's mohican.biz. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Today's segment is called CBBN Business Journals. CBBN Business Journals will feature interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, now available on Amazon.com, producer for this series and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. We love this series. We get to share our greatest experiences and relationships with you, our listening audience. With us today on CBBN Business Journal is Ms. Vicki Hawkins, owner of A4J Publishing and an advocate for the civil rights of ex-felons. In 1990, Ms. Hawkins was Hankins, excuse me, Ms. Hankins was sentenced to 23 years and four months in federal prison. She was released in March of 2008, 18 years later. She is an advocate in a battle with the state of Florida for the restoration of the rights of the ex-con. Let's welcome our guest to the show. How are you this morning, Ms. Hankins? Come on in. How, how are you doing? doing well, Sonia. Ms. Purdue, how are you? Thank you for I'm having me. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, glad to have you with us this morning. Now, from the intro, we know that you have quite a story to tell about your conviction and your prison turner, but first, Let's talk about what's going on in your life now and the company that you currently own. Vicki, tell us about A4J Publishing. Well, A4J Publishing is a self-publishing company. I know that uh, most uh, people are familiar with the traditional um, means of getting a book published once their book has been written and they have the manuscripts and they're ready to go forward with it. Well, self-publishing has kind of blossomed here in recent years, and people are taking control of their books and instead of taking it to the traditional publishing company. So what I did was I started A4J Publishing, and that's A with a letter, a number four, I'm sorry, A, the number four, J Publishing, for the purpose of people 
who have may have a difficult time getting into the traditional publishing company, they can come and use my services and get their book published, get their book um, to Amazon.com, um, to Barnes & Noble, which is one of the number one booksellers in the country, as well as Books A Million. So we make uh, the services available to anyone who wants to use it. And also on the back end of that, because once a book is published, the next thing for an author to have done is to get it promoted or make people aware that the book exists so that people will go out and purchase it. So on the back end, we do provide services that will help with the marketing. But, yes, A4J Publishing was created so that people – who have written books or have poetry or their life story or things of that nature or some form of a message that they want to get out through a book, through in the form of a book, we make that happen for them. And, and, and the covers and everything is uh, magnificent, and we really push and support the authors so that they can get uh, their message out through uh, the marketing and Barnes and & Noble. And, and then another thing that is a great feature about A4J Publishing is – no matter where uh, a potential customer is for an author, the customer is able to walk into a Barnes & Noble bookstore and order the book. Not that the book, their book would actually be on the shelves. Of course, Barnes & Noble has to um, see that there's some money in it for them, for them to be able to actually put the book on the shelf. But a person, as anyone in the country, is able to walk into any Barnes & Noble in the country and abroad, and actually order their book from the uh, the uh, bookstore uh, teller there in that bookstore. So that is a, a unique feature, and also with Books a Million too, which is a, a national book chain as well. Great, great. Our guest this morning is Miss Vicki Hankins, and she is the owner of A the Number Four J Publishing. What does that name mean? A for J. Now, well, it is a, the A for J, I, I pulled that from Advocate for Justice. Now, we do have an organization that is called Advocate for Justice, but that is for the political side or for the uh, justice system side. But we pulled A for J from Advocate for Justice Publishing, and I just feel that it's a matter of justice for people to be able to be heard. And, again, books is a way – it's just another way outside of people speaking or having a friend to listen to them or a television show is another way for people to get a message out. And I feel that it's a matter of justice for people to be able to do that without the obstacles that I encountered because I'm an author as well, and I could not get my book published even though I knew my book fit the genre in which that uh, the traditional publishing uh, company, the ones that I, I sought, I knew that my book fit the, the criteria, but they would not give me an opportunity, and I received so many uh, rejection letters. And and also, I did not hear from some of them, uh, like Simon & Schuster. They didn't really, uh, the Simon & Schuster traditional publishing company, they didn't want you know, my book. So I ran into obstacles, and I felt that it was a matter of injustice to some degree for them not to um, want to publish my book, in particular one publishing company who published books that were heart, mind, body, and sold. And my actual publication fits in that category of heart, mind, body, body and soul, my book entitled Trauma. And it deals with, uh, basically ultimately deals with post-traumatic stress disorder through way of telling my life. 
story and helping people with day-to-day issues. And the publishing company that I um, pursued in terms of getting my book published was the company um, that published the series Chicken Soup for the Soul series. So I felt, hey, this is a perfect book. But again, I received a letter from them that they, bottom line, weren't interested, and I didn't. I just, I was devastated, you know, by that, and I felt that, that was a matter of uh, injustice. So, Advocate for Justice Publishing, which is A for J Publishing, we feel it's a matter of um, siding with those who have. Um, a message to get out or something that they want to say or just writings that they that they have out uh, that they want out for others to be able to to share with other people it's a matter of justice to some degree for them to get those words out so uh, through way of a book so that's where a for j publishing came from Great. You listen to Vicki Hankins, owner of A4J Publishing and an advocate for civil rights for ex-felons here on CBB Business Journals. Well, you know and I know, Vicki, that uh, when you have a, a newspaper giant who owns more than 100 newspapers or when you have publishing companies who in the past could say yay or nay as to what the American public and the world uh, market reads, that uh, you have control of the mind of the society. Now, mm-hmm. with the advocate uh, uh, advocation of uh, the self-publishing publishing, uh, market and industry, people who have a voice that uh, is not controlled now for those major conglomerates are going to have an opportunity to speak to the nation and to the world. And I can bet you, Vicky, I can bet you, Vicky, they're in the back room trying to figure out how to shut that down. Believe and me, you, they are. And, and, you, and Sonia, I agree with you 100%, but people are taking these authors who were not given the opportunity, who could not get in the door. And like you said, the publishing companies, be it newspapers, be it books, be it even um, the music industry, for those people who could not get in and get their voices heard in whichever sector, be it the newspaper, radio, uh, television, or even just like the, the radio, the show that you have here now, people are are having a non-traditional way of having a voice. And I, you, I agree with you 100% that the traditional publishing companies, they are trying to figure out and are trying to put a cap on a shutdown uh, self-publishing companies, which but they can because Amazon and, and different entities are making it possible for people who could not necessarily uh, afford and definitely couldn't be heard they're making it possible for people to be heard and to take control of their of their books and and um and writings themselves versus a, a publishing company uh, the traditional one saying okay i need you to take this out or change this book cover and make it look like this people are able to do and speak and design their covers and say what they want to say uh, without um, having control over what it is that they're writing or how they want to convey it. Absolutely. And, now, how long takes, have you been in? The, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. How long have you been in the publishing business? Well, it's been about three years. It's been about three years, but last year was, I want to say, the most successful year that we've had. Now, because when a company is relatively new, um, and that's any company. The person, the, the the new company, pretty much has to make people aware of their existence and actually kind of build a measure of trust with um, the potential clients 
that we can make this happen for you or we can provide an excellent service for you or we can uh, want to make sure the customers and the clients are are comfortable and pleased and proud of what it is that has been produced or whatever it is that they're purchasing. So being that too many people, a lot of people didn't know about the services and we still have yet to um, make the services abroad and make people know that we exist and that we're here for them. Um, but it, we didn't have, we haven't had a lot of that, um, you know, throughout the country. But last year was a great year, and uh, we were able to publish books. Um, like I don't know if you're familiar with the Zora Neale Hurston uh, Festival that they hold down in the state of Florida. Um, Zora Neale Hurston was an author herself. There was a photographer where we were able to publish his book. There was another gentleman who was also uh, a teacher at a university and then, of course, a retired lieutenant. He published three books, uh, three of his books. and then So we've had so many. Um, we had a good year last year, but we're looking to have an even better year this year with people using our services. So it's been roughly about um, two and a half, three years that we've been in existence. But in terms of a good year, I would say last year was a good year because of the amount of people that used the services versus the years before. Great. Now tell me, how do you determine which books you're going to publish? Uh, is it a certain genre, or how how do you pick the books that your company is going to publish? Now let me tell you what I ran into, Sonia. I have to keep in mind, and, and we have to keep in mind, when it comes to the books that we're going to publish, we have to keep in mind that we don't want to shut the doors like the traditional publishing companies. So what I what we had to do is we initially we just wanted, uh, you know, biography type uh, books where people are telling their 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 autobiographies. I'm sorry, where people are telling their their life stories or books of poetry or children's books. But then um, we had to open up a little bit more, and and see what it is that a writer has to present. And it could be last year was the first time we published a book of fiction. Now, with some fictions, there's a measure of truth in them, I, I came to notice. But nonetheless, um, we do not – We the one thing I'll say what we are not publishing. We are not publishing books that are uh, have you know derogatory language um, or that is um, – you know, have a lot of – uh, sexual content that is, you know, could be unbecoming. That is something that the company definitely is not going to um, uh, publish. But other than that, we're pretty much open to the minds of the people and what it is that they want to want to uh, represent or what it is that they want to convey. And the reason why we do not get so much into, you know, the derogatory um, language or and because and one of the things that we had to do with this one fiction novel is we had to where the gentleman he wrote um, things you know in there that could possibly hurt the book or hurt him as an author. We work with him to the editor work with him to you know change some of the language a little bit. It's saying the same thing, and of course it was with his consent if he wanted to or not. But just to put it out there, and, and the the whole the basis of the book and everything that he wanted to convey was still the same. But you know, just tweak it just a little bit. One or two words is what it was throughout the book, and it still is an excellent is an excellent novel. 
But we're pretty much open to if it's um, like we have a, a book where the gentleman wanted to preserve the Nubian language. So it's like a glossary index type book. And then, of course, we have the autobiography with the lieutenant who um, he his book entitled, I Wasn't Raised to Play by Their Rules, he talked about his career and the things, the challenges that he met while he was working for the Department of Justice. And then, of course, like I said, the Zora Neale Hurston book, it's a book with photography. The the particular, the photographer, uh, Ted Hollins, what he did was captured a lot of the people that attend the Zora Neale Hurston Festival, like Maya Angelou, Alice Walker, all these people that are in support, of, and then Ozzie Davis, who who is no longer here, a lot of uh, celebrities, and his his book is a book of photography. So there, we we do not have a necessarily a, a specific genre, but we don't um, want to promote um, language or books that would um, have strong sexual content or um, a great deal of uh, profanity or things of that nature. Now, Ms. Hankins, we're going to take a short break here, but before we do, would you tell our listening audience how you uh, how they can reach out to you for more information and, and what's, your, what's your contact information? Well, I have two means of contact. There's, of course, uh, I have a cell phone. You can reach me at my cell phone or either my my uh, email address. My email address is Vicky, and that's spelled V-I-K-K-I, at A4JPublishing.com. Again, that's V-I-K-K-I. My name is spelled Vicky in that way at a4jpublishing.com, and the A4J Publishing is the letter A, of course, and then the number 4, the letter J, and then the word publishing.com. And that is the best way to reach me via email. Uh, my cell phone, I try to keep it open. Another thing that I like to do, I don't know how long it will last, is I like to try to keep a personal, uh, to some degree, keep the personal touch in the publishing company. I don't know how long that will last because... Um, of course, as we grow, I may not be able to or our staff may not necessarily be able to speak with everyone um, on a personable level, but I care is the reason why I want to try to keep that open um, in speaking with the authors or the potential authors and to help them on their way. So that is one of the reasons why I give out my cell phone to, from time to time. So I'm going to take a chance, a leap here, and give out my cell phone uh, my cell phone number is 678-358-9820, and again, it's 678-358-9820. If, the, if your call goes to, for those that are listening or who want to reach out uh, to me, if, the phone, if your phone call goes to my voicemail, I will return your call and see if I can be of any assistance. Great. Now, what you may want to do, Vicki, we have a author series called Book Talk, and you can check our show page for the information uh, to contact Dr. Constance Shabazz. This half-hour series uh, probably will not cover everything that you want uh-huh. because I looked at your article in the, uh, I think it's the Sunshine Slate. I think the Sunshine Slate. Long. 
<laughs> yes, yes, it's so detailed. Yeah, Mark Christopher, the uh, the uh, the reporter, Mark Christopher, I, I, when this thing came up with the voting issues and the civil rights issue in in the state of Florida, Mark Christopher and I, he pretty much it took him about a month to do all the. He did almost an investigative report and collected all the information, <laughs> and it ended up being quite extensive because my my life has been. Um, not boring at all. It's been rather interesting. Nope, so not it's boring at all. <laughs> and we're so, yeah, it is, there is quite that. a lot to cover. <laughs> we're going to come back and talk about that. Yeah, I think that article is about 15 pages long. I haven't read it all. I did read through it, but it, it was it was a very good article. And uh, he did a, he he did did a good a, job. He did a very good job. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did. And it's quite and colorful. Just, it's filled with photos. <laughs> yes. I did. As, as a matter of fact, we put some on your slideshow. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Today's segment, segment is called CBB and Business Journals. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. With us today on CBB and Business Journals is Vicki Hankins, owner of A4J Publishing and an advocate for the civil rights of ex-felons. We're going to take a short break here to, to uh, get some messages from our sponsors. We'll be right back. We're back and you're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Today's segment is CBB and Business Journals. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. We are reaching out to business owners to join us and be a part of this journey. Simply give us a call at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835 for details. With us today on CBB and Business Journals is Ms. Vicki Hankins, owner of A4J Publishing and an advocate for the civil rights of ex-felons. Welcome back to the show, Vicki. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Ms. Dr. Shabazz has a two-hour show, Vicki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, may, she, may, she may be able to get everything in there. <laughs> That's what I wanted to <laughs> Look at the show page, reach out to her, and maybe uh, down the line she can book you for one of those shows. Now, okay. tell our listeners why you were in prison for 18 years. Well, I was in prison for I was my, my charge was a nonviolent offense. Um, and I want to just go back just real briefly because I do know we have a short time. But um, two years before my 19th birthday, my mom took her life. Uh, she committed suicide. Now, prior to that, I was um, pretty much, you know, a good kid, uh, raised in a really strict religious background and also um, only knew, you know, two forms of life, and that was academics and spirituality. But when my mom took her life, of course, my life, um, I went another route I ended up um, into illegal drug activities, and two years after her suicide, I wound up standing in front of a federal judge receiving a 23-year uh, prison sentence for um, the conspiracy to distribute cocaine base and possession with intent to distribute cocaine base. Now, a 23-year sentence for drugs, one would think I had to have had a boatload of cocaine or something of that nature, but that was not the case. It was uh, an amount that you could hold in your hand. Um, actually, no more than the size of probably, um, or a little bit less than two chocolate chip-sized cookies. So, I was sentenced to 23 years for that at 21 years old. Now, Vicky, let me ask you ask you this: since since you, since you mentioned it, in your mind and in the other in the minds of other people who have been charged with this particular type of crime, does it matter what size? The drug, the amount of drugs that you were caught with, as to whether or not you should be convicted of a crime or not, or the fact that 
Is it simply the fact that you were selling narcotics to someone that makes it a crime? Uh, are you saying that there should be a difference in, because of the amounts, or what are, what are you actually saying? What I'm saying is for the amount, now definitely, if anyone is, is selling drugs or or doing anything of, of that nature that's breaking the law, definitely there should be some form of a punishment, and that's the bottom line, because they broke the law. And, um, of course, I don't condone that, at, you know, and definitely not at this stage of my life. But the the issue that comes in with the length of the sentence for the amount of drugs, and um, especially with now, now on the back end of what happened in, in my situation, Congress and three presidents, three the current president and two uh, former presidents, former President Bill Clinton and former President George Bush, all three, you know, they, they said, okay, this law in which Vicky and people like me were sentenced on, it was a racially biased law. I'm pretty sure a lot of people throughout the country have heard about the crack law or the cocaine-based law, and uh, it was racially unbiased. I mean, it was racially biased. But nonetheless, um, what ended up happening is they they signed the president signed a bill into a law that balanced um, the the disparities between um, the amount that a person a minority would have when it came to this came to this co- this cocaine law versus the um, amount that a person that's a non minority the amount they had for the same type of there was a, the powder cocaine and then there was the there was the hard form of cocaine. But the people who were being sentenced to lengthy periods for small amounts was those that were minorities with the same form of drug, bottom line it being cocaine, whereas a person that was a non-minority who predominantly um, uh, non-minorities had this powder form of cocaine, they could have, you know, practically a a trunk full of, of the drug and would be sentenced to such a, a life sentence, maybe five years or something like that. So the the issue is um, the it is the amount that I was sentenced to uh, for such a long period of time because it was a small amount for such a long period of time. But they've all but Congress and the presidents have remedied that to some degree. I mean, you know, fifteen twenty years later. But um, of course, there was a lot of people throughout the country who had to speak up about the issue. And again, I do not condone any type of illegal activity. So, even though I was sentenced, I mean, I, I, even though there was an extensive sentence for the laws that I broke, you know, when I was uh, 21 years old, irregardless as to how I came to that place, the bottom line is I did deserve a punishment. There's no, there's no, um, you know, me debating that. That was a definite. But the issue came in with the length of the sentence. But again, 20 years later, it's been remedied. Um, But it was at the expense of a lot of people um, having to be in prison for long periods of time. And, uh, Victor, we only have a couple of minutes left, but take about 60 seconds, if you would, to talk about how you advocate for the civil rights of Edward Well, one of the ways that I advocate... We have 90 seconds, so take about 60 seconds for us, Okay. Uh Okay. Well, one of the ways that I advocate for the for the rights of ex-felons to be restored is to speak out about it. I share my story with people. I also bring a lot of awareness to the to the options that are out there. There's a senator Ben Cardin in Maryland who has introduced a bill that no matter what a person who's been convicted of a crime, what their state 
has decided, because Governor Scott in the state of Florida reversed some things so that people like myself have to wait um, some years down the road to be able to vote. But nonetheless, there are some bills that are out there. Congressman John Conyers out of Michigan, they've put some bills out there for people to be able to vote in a, in a, a presidential or a federal election, even if they have a conviction. Another thing that is happening that is en route is there's a filmmaker, um, Stephen, Stephen Burke, of uh, Indie Films and his director of photography, Philip Marcel. They're coming out with a documentary, just started filming that, entitled Disenfranchise, and we plan to put that into um, the, the, um, in the film festival and try to get that out here within the next few months. So those are the things that I'm doing. The primary thing I'm doing is sharing my story so that the door can be open for people who have already served their time, who have paid their dues, and they're moving on with their lives. They do have the they should be able to have their civil rights restored so that they can move forward with their lives in terms of maximizing their education, voting to have an opinion and who should be running the country or serving on certain boards or, or on the state and local level. Well, Vicky, we certainly want to uh, thank you for being with us. And actually, this is a two-hour show because we didn't get into <laughs> half of the things that we want to or I want to get into. And I'm sure um, your, message is, your message is very important. And uh, we probably need to do another show or have you on Black Wall Street USA or have you on Constance Show so that we can cover some more of these things. Now, uh, okay. we are over time, but I can't edit it. Uh, probably check out one of my commercials or something, which is great. It's all right with me. But one thing <laughs> I, I do want to close out and uh, say that I, I want to thank you for being here. And I want you to give your number, your contact information again, because we want to be sure that people are able to contact you uh, regarding the publishing co company and your advocacy work. Okay. Now, one of the things that people can do if they wanted to know, get more information about the, the, uh, advocate, our, the advocacy work, go to www.advocate.com. For the number four justice.org that's advocate for justice.org and for those that want to contact me about the publishing company if you have a message that you want to get out there through um, the through your through a book also you keep 100% of your royalties we make sure you get that check if your books are being sold you can contact me at my email address Vicky at a for J publishing.com or I will open up my cell phone my personal cell phone which is six seven eight three five eight nine eight two zero. If I do not answer the phone, leave a message and I'll definitely get back to you. We want to thank our guest today on CBBN Business Journals, Miss Vicki Hawkins, owner of A, the number four J, A for J Publishing, and an advocate for the civil rights of the ex felons down there in Florida. They they're uh blessed to have you. Now thank you. We thank you so much. We also want everyone who's listening to come over and join us at Chicago's Black Business Network.com. I'm Sonia Cassandra, Purdue founder. Everyone have a great Sunday. Thank you, Ms. Hawkins. Thank you so much for having me. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Let's welcome our newest sponsor, Aggressively Demanding Change. Aggressively Demanding Change is more than just a magazine. It's a sounding board for African Americans to control our voice in the media. Follow them on Facebook at Aggressively Demanding Change. And if you'd like to be one of our sponsors for our upcoming shows, visit us on Facebook at Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. 
Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Choosing a qualified realtor is a major decision. At A. Reed Realty, they utilize their thorough understanding of today's real estate market to ensure your complete satisfaction with your real estate investment. Whether you are buying or selling a home or even making your first real estate investment, call Cottrell Dyer first, a knowledgeable agent with over 10 years' experience in the industry. Call Cottrell Dyer first. S seven seven three four four seven eight seven five three. That's seven seven three four four seven eight seven five three. And choose A Reed Realty. For more than thirty years, they've been the realty company that Chicago can trust. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All Black. All news. All you.